Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Centerpoint! What's up, y'all? Hey, I missed y'all! I miss, it's so good to see y'all. Hey, I'm sorry, but... I just, I had to highlight what just took place in baptism. We saw three people from the death ministry get baptized. I had the honor to serve that ministry while I was here. That, ooh, that, I ain't trying to cry, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus is for everybody. And a disability doesn't stop God's ability to go after you. Like that? I don't want us to take that lightly because that's not happening everywhere. And the mission is to love and lead people to a life-changing connection with Christ. Lead all people. All people. So thank you, Centerpoint, for creating a space where some deaf people can also be baptized. That's huge. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That messed me up a little bit. Jesus. Amen. That uh, is an honor to serve. Everybody needs Jesus. All right. Okay. Hey, (laughs) y'all. Sorry. That really got got my little heartstrings. I'm trying to recover. Okay. So um, we're in this no cap series, which I was very shocked because no cap is very urban. Okay. And I ain't here no more. So I was like, who came up with that? It was Rachel. It was Rachel. I'm telling on her. <laughs> I'm like, oh, y'all saying no cap now. What's up? All right. Y'all are in here. Um, so the title of the message today is No Cap, The Advantage. And so I want us to start off in um, John 16. I want to start with verse 7. It says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, comforter, advocate, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him the Holy Spirit to you to be in close fellowship with you. Somebody say the advantage. So y'all, I was on a plane yesterday, right? I was coming back from Dallas and I was flying to what I thought was LA to get here with y'all today. So I get on the plane at 9.30 in the morning. Usually I'm like tired, so I'm on the plane, I'm asleep. I don't even know if we take off, I just go to sleep. Like I got that much faith that, cause if I'm on the plane, it ain't going down. Um, But for whatever reason, this time I was up. You know, I'm just up living my little life, sitting in the chair and um, this couple comes up and they go, excuse me miss, um, are you in seat 10A? I said, yes I am. She said, oh, because we have 10A. I'm like, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> this is my seat. <laughs> I'm not getting up. Um, so she's like, so then they like, you know how people do that awkward thing? They're like, I'm like, well, I guess we just gonna have a stare down because I'm not getting up. Um, so then she goes and grabs the stewardess and she asks the same question. Excuse me, ma'am. Um, can I see a boarding pass? Sure. What? Oh, it says 10A. So she starts checking some little computer thing. She's like, wow we don't have you on this flight. I'm like, well, that's a problem for you, because I'm here. (laughs) So 
I don't know if the system ain't working or, but I'm, or I'm sitting in the seat. Uh, you know how many things I had to pass? I'm here, it's, I don't know. So then she goes and gets the gate agent. She comes and asks the same question. Excuse me, ma'am, can I, can I see your pass? I'm like, yes. She said, oh, it says 10A. She's like, ah, we don't have you in the system. Y'all, I'm not moving, okay? <laughs> this is my seat. And so then they like work it out and it was my seat. They had to go sit somewhere else. So then we're like sitting on the plane and then um, the captain comes on. He's like, hi guys, um, we have a problem. There's a maintenance issue. Okay, then he's gonna fix the maintenance issue. We still sitting there. Then he comes back and he says, well, they found the part. Okay, the part, what's happening? <laughs> so then they find the part and every time the captain comes, he is just a little less confident than he was the last time he said something. So, I'm sitting there, I'm like, no, nah, this plane don't need to take off. I just, I can just sense it in my spirit that, mm-mm. He comes back again. He says, well, they got the part. Now we're waiting on the paperwork to be signed. I said, stop giving us minute by minute. I don't want it. This <laughs> is making it worse. So we leave the gate. We get on in the line for the runway. He says, up, there is smell in the back of the plane that needs to be investigated. I said, uh-uh, take us. We, this plane ain't going. We not. He says, you know, I need you to deplane, and I don't know if we're gonna get back on this. I promise you we not. <laughs> I'm not getting back on this plane. And so it was really interesting because, guys, this is, this is disrupting my life. It actually, that plane was supposed to leave at 9.20. It delayed till 4.45 p.m. I said, no, I gotta get to center point. I can't be stuck in Dallas. This ain't, uh-uh, uh-uh. But what I also recognize is the Lord don't play about me because something was wrong with that plane and because I was on it, he shut the whole thing down. <laughs> he said, he, he don't, he don't. And, and let me tell you, it, it disrupted my life, okay? I ended up having to fly to San Diego. I didn't have clothes. Emma picked me up, took me to the mall. It just was a lot. My car is still in LA at the airport. It's like a lot of stuff, but it was to my advantage that that plane didn't take off. And then as we enter into the text today, it's a similar conversation. It's Jesus talking to the disciples and he's telling them, I got to go. And I know you don't like the way that sounds, but it is to your advantage that I leave. So let's go. Let's hit this story. All right. Let's start at verse five. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me. Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts and taken complete possession of them. I love this because Jesus, I feel like he feels a way that the disciples only care that he's leaving them. They don't care where he's going. They're not asking any questions. And then he says, I can't even really tell you everything because you're so sad. Your sadness and your disappointment is distracting you from receiving truth. He's saying, I, I'm about to go. You're missing the important part, which is where I'm going and what it means for you because you're so stuck in what isn't going your way. And oftentimes it's hard for us to receive the truth about a situation because we are saddened and our disappointment has our heart so tied that Jesus can't even get through to it. I like in this conversation that Jesus is having, if I had to modernize the text, it would be very similar to you sitting on the bedside of a loved one and they're saying, it's better if I go be with Jesus. 
I know you want me to stay here with you, but it would be better if I go with Jesus. Let's keep reading. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper. I love the Amplified version because it breaks it down. He's the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you to be in close fellowship with you. I love this because when we hear Holy Spirit, we think fruit of the Spirit or gifts of the Spirit. This is Jesus. It's one of his first conversations in introducing the Holy Spirit to the disciples, and he decides to introduce the person, Holy Spirit. I know we love the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I, love, I know you love to experience the fruit, but the gift that Jesus let, left us is the person of the Holy Spirit. He's actually the gift. And I believe that, the, let me tell you, the enemy's biggest fear is you realizing how important the Holy Spirit is. Because once you recognize the Holy Spirit, Satan ain't really got, he ain't got no moves. He ain't got no plays. Because you not living with the Holy Spirit in fellowship keeps you in a certain place where Satan could just, you know, do whatever you want to do. Because you don't recognize the authority. Jesus is having this conversation before he dies. It's already a faith-filled conversation. He hasn't died yet, and he's having a conversation about what will happen once he resurrects. We get stuck at death and resurrection, but the real thing is when Jesus ascends and sits at the right hand of the Father. That's authority. And he says, I gotta go back because if I don't, the authority that you experience through me will never be yours if you don't receive my spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the ability to live the life that Jesus lived. I, I, I got friends. I think y'all do too, but I don't know if your friends are like my friends. Because, you know, like, because I, I be trying to tell my friends, like, you know, you, shouldn't, you probably shouldn't be doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, or you should forgive people, you know? And I'm like, Jesus forgave the person who just sent them off to die. And it, the first thing they say, because my friends, they black. And so they like, <laughs> they like, I ain't Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 you know, that was Jesus' truth. That ain't mine. Well, well, okay. If you are a follower of Jesus, hmm, hmm. Your response to life should be a reflection of who you following. And in my own strength, you write, I'm not Jesus. But because he went to heaven, he sent out his spirit who empowers me to live like Jesus. So what happens is when we hear Holy Spirit, some of us be like, ooh, I ain't for that spooky stuff. You know, I hate when people do that. I don't know. The Holy Spirit's part of God. It's, he God. So if he weird, so is God. And so am I, because I got the Holy Spirit. And ain't nothing weird about it. The reality is, the world we live in is actually weird. The Holy Spirit reminds us of who we really are. So it, it is a little off, because it ain't matching what the world got going on. But it's actually who you are. It's who he created you to be. 
So the Holy Spirit goes, wait a minute, that's not you. You're acting like the world. You should be sounding like me. But, but we write off the Holy Spirit because of our experiences or our expectations. So if we talk about the gifts, it's like you've seen them misused or maybe they didn't produce what you expected it to produce. Or you met a person who said they walked with Jesus, but their life didn't quite reflect the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So you good on the Holy Spirit. And so I believe that if we are in fellowship with who the Holy Spirit is, our lives will reflect the fruit and we'll experience the gifts because we've accepted the person. It, it's, it, it, it works together. It's like the gifts and the fruit are a byproduct of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if I'm walking hand in hand, they just, you know, the fruit, I just start to reflect the Holy Spirit. I, I live love, joy, peace, happiness. You know what I'm saying? I live those things because I am in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Let's keep reading. Y'all with me? Yes. Um, and he, when he comes, will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need for a savior, and about righteousness, and about judgment, about sin, the true nature of it, and because they do not believe in me and my message, about righteousness, it's personal integrity and godly character, because I am going to my father and you will no longer see me, it also comes about the judgment, the certainty of it, because the ruler of this world, Satan, He's already been judged and condemned. So when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, he convicts you about sin. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. I know we don't like to use that word in church, but sin is something that the Holy Spirit convicts you of. And then it says, the biggest sin is that the world does not believe in me. I got a piece of advice for you. Stop arguing with non-believers about kingdom principles. We are not on the same playing field. They don't have the Holy Spirit to attach to what you're saying. It's like speaking another language. Just live what you know and who you know, and then it will draw them. Stop having conversations with people who don't live on the same system as you. You're trying to make them succumb to a principle that does not align with their life. They don't believe. I only have the understanding of Jesus because I have the Holy Spirit. It is my filter in which I view and live life. They don't have that. So why are you going to try to have a conversation with them? It's not even fair. They already lost. <laughs> it's like, why would you even argue with me? I won this already. You're wrong. <laughs> it's like, you just don't know you're wrong. <laughs> and, 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 and I hinder my ability to be a witness because I'm mad. Because we get in some real heated arguments. I can see them in the comments on social media. Y'all know that we can all see that? I just, y'all know we can all see it. It's not a private message. We can see you out here talking about you love the Lord and you cursing people out oh, on behalf of Jesus. It makes no sense. Like, this is cussing and Jesus, they, not, they don't go together, all right? They don't. Back to the Holy Spirit, because he'll yank you. I, I've been yanked. 
by the Holy Spirit, okay? He would be like, girl, sh- shut that down. <laughs> you know, just, sh- ah, ah, ah. The, the scripture said he's a standby. Let me tell you what that means. A person or thing ready to be deployed immediately, especially if needed as backup in an emergency. Dealing with people is an emergency. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes people, people pull up disrespectful, all right? And sometimes I want to offer it in my flesh. And Jesus says, uh-uh, uh-uh, that don't sound like me. That, that doesn't sound like what the father would say. We, we, we love, prophesy, speak in tongues, lay hands. We can't, talk, we can't tame that tongue, though. Huh? Because cause that's what, that's, that's, that's why you got the Holy Spirit. To empower you to live like Jesus. He, he says, I got to go back so that you can understand what you have authority over. Because I conquered it and I sit at the right hand of the Father, you've conquered it too. And if you don't grasp the revelation of your authority in Jesus, life will handle you. While the whole time you have the ability to handle it. Let me me pull the room. I got any managers in here, directors, you run stuff, you want to raise your hand? Look at that. Look at all the hands. You know, look at the hands. When you the manager, there's a certain way you carry yourself. You know what I'm saying? You carry yourself like, do what I said. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you try to act like you giving people options, but you not. We know. We know you want us to do what you said, how you, want, how you said it. You might offer, you know, if you would like to. You don't mean that. <laughs> it's just nice. You really want me to do it the way you want me to do it right now, actually. It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus has given us authority, that's how we approach a thing, even in our bodies. Sickness roll up on you? No, 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 no. I have the authority through Christ Jesus. You gotta go. And what happens is, when it doesn't happen in the timing we think it should happen, then we back back. Then, Then it goes from, oh no, sickness has no place in the body of a believer. But because it's still there, you think God don't work. No, he's already worked. Sometimes I need to know if you're going to stand on that word until you see what it says. The Holy Spirit reminds you what Jesus has already done. Even if it doesn't happen until after this life, it still happened. It just manifested in the timing God intended for it. So instead of backing back, because this is how we start. We go real bold, you know, especially here's what you should do. When you, when, you know, somebody says, hey, can you pray for me? You know, the first thing you should say is, God, what is your will? That, that's the first question. Through the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom and insight and counsel and understanding on what your will is for this thing. Because what happens is people will come to us for a thing or we'll go after a thing out of emotion and we're not aligned with the will of God. Then we're mad because he didn't move. It wasn't his intention. And to show up to a situation without his counsel is pride and ego. My job is to be led by the Holy Spirit. If we ever get a chance to keep reading the verse, 
It says he'll lead you into all truth. The truth about what Jesus has already done. The Holy Spirit leads you into it. So when I show up to a thing, I say, okay, God, what is your plan? What is your will? What is your intention? And I submit to that, even if I want to see a different outcome. Because God's original intent overrides what I think and how I feel and how I think it should play out. And that is how we get results aligned with his will. Because if I step outside of his will, then I'm mad. And so now I'm showing up in a place where I have authority and I'm a punk. Like, uh, God, I know you can do it, but. And I don't know if you know about the word but, but it cancels out everything you said before it. Fear and faith can't work together. They, they don't go together. They enemies. Cancel each other out. It's crazy because they both take the same muscle. Because fear is a fear of what could happen. Faith is like what's going to happen. I just choose which direction I go in. You can't see either of them. Fear creates a lie. Faith is the truth. You just can't see it yet. All right, y'all with me? I don't. Let's go to... Um, Let's talk about righteousness. And um, I, love, I love that in this passage in the Amplified, it breaks it down for you. It says personal integrity and godly character. You know, I would love for the people of God to reflect the God they serve. He made us righteous. Like he, he made us righteous. Like let's just sit with that a little bit. You ain't have to do nothing to earn it. He made you righteous. He reminded you of who he created you to be. And all he asked you to do is submit to the gift he gave you of himself on the inside of you to lead you to live like he already made you. I don't even, I don't even gotta figure it out. You know, like usually if somebody give you a task, you're like, okay, I got to do this, and then I got to do this. You ain't got to do nothing but just say yes. You, just, you realize your life don't belong to you, and you go, hey, he, he actually gave me the cheat code. Like, I actually have the cheat code to a thing that feels so outside of myself. Because we live in a world that is contrary to the people he actually created us to be. And because sometimes the world is louder than what God actually created me to be, I submit to what's loud, because sometimes loud means right, but it ain't. But because it's the way that everything is going, to be a part of the kingdom means I go against the current. And even though everybody is stumbling in fear, I'm going to stand in faith and say, God got me. I just wanted to come here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is the key to living life like Jesus. It, it's, the, it is, it's literally like the best thing you could ever have because you, you have the answer to everything on the inside of you. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, the presence of God used to be housed in a space that only the priest could enter into. And if you were jacked up, which most of us are, just a little raggedy, 
You know what I'm saying? If you would go into the presence, you would drop dead before Jesus. You would just over with. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people ain't go that way because they knew they wasn't. You know what I'm saying? And we all get to come in here. No, none of us know your business. You can do whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus already chose you. He already made you righteous. We have the, we have the privilege to that same presence to house it on the inside of us. He entrusted us with his presence. He gave us his son that we didn't deserve. Then he sends him back to heaven and outpours a gift that gets to live on the inside of us. Jesus is like, hey, disciples, y'all really tripping. I, I know you don't want me to go, but just think. If Jesus didn't go, they would have been the only ones to see him and experience him. Jesus said, I got to go so everybody, the entire world, gets an opportunity to carry me on the inside of them. When I came up with the title, The Advantage, I was like, that sounds like something in sports. So I did the millennial thing. I Googled. You know what I'm saying? Because I told y'all. Holy Spirit and Google is, you know, he ain't, Google ain't up there, but it's close to it, all right? So I found out about this rule, and um, it's called the advantage call. And um, I thought it was football, but I found out it was soccer. And I learned a lot about soccer just because, because where I'm from, soccer's not, you know, that's not what we do. Just, so I learned, I learned a lot about soccer, you know? So here's what I found out. Um, advantage is essentially letting play continue after a foul for which play would normally be stopped for a free kick. But the team which has fouled is in a better position to score than if they had the free kick. The motion for the advantage when a referee will call it is this. And I was like, this is giving worship. <laughs> I was like, wow. I know y'all like, girl, what do that got to do with this? Well, God, you know, God created everything, and man and woman, right? And then we sinned. We fouled him. And he had every right to wrap that thing up and say, die. Just die, period. World over. <laughs> Try again next time, <laughs> you know? But instead, he chose to let us keep living life. Then took it a step further and said, let me send my son and redeem them and put myself at a better advantage and let them choose to worship me. I said, look at soccer aligned with the Lord, you know, because he, he could have wrapped it all up, Jack. I mean, all of it. We, we deserve that. But he said, no, no, no. Let me put them, let me put myself at a better advantage. Let, let me let them live life and make a decision to choose me. Because that's really what worship is. It's as a response to what God has done. I say, Lord, take my life. You can have it. I present my body as a living sacrifice to house your spirit. 
So my decisions that I make about life, they don't belong to me. They should be led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not going to cause you to do something against what God said, who he is, what he's already established. The Holy Spirit doesn't lead you into things like that. So if you are in things that are contrary to the word, I got a question if you're being led by the Spirit. In verse 12, it says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear to hear them now. Jesus is like, I know we we think death and resurrection, but there is so much more to what I did and what that means for your life. I've given you authority. That, that's huge. We, we had all the bosses in the room. You know what authority means in your life in the physical and literal sense. Let's just talk about in the spiritual realm, like with a God who's overcome everything. Y'all looking at me. Let's go to Ephesians. Uh, ver- chapter 1, I think it's verse 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Here's what it means. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader, anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things, all, all, all things. What's what's left after all? God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. If Jesus has authority over all things and he lives on the inside of you, what does that mean? We have authority over all things. So anything that is not of God has no authority, no business in you. It it has to go. The, The Holy Spirit resides in a temple. Anything that's not of God don't belong in you. This is a hard message to come because you're like, well, Brenda, I got this and I got this and I got this and you have authority over all of that. And you have to start approaching life like that. See, the enemy institutes fear because things haven't been happening the way that people said they should happen. So now I'm like, well, does God really do? Guess what? He already did. Now I step into my authority and tell anything that is not of God, it got to go. Therein lies your freedom. You thought it was at at the altar with the people coming to pray for you. No, you know what they're doing? Coming into agreement with the authority that you already have. And my assignment today is to just awaken you to the authority that is on the inside of you because you have the Holy Spirit if you have Jesus. 
So when I think about the Holy Spirit, instead of thinking about all the spooky stuff, because that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? If you get this part of the Holy Spirit, the spooky stuff going to happen on your, you ain't even going to know it's happening. You know what I'm saying? You're just going to walk into places and people are going to be like, man, my stomach was hurting. You don't even, what happened? Because we are carriers of his presence. Like, we, we, it's, 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 it's like, I just wish you knew who you was. You, you, you got a gift in the Holy Spirit, and it came with some authority. And I promise the next time something roll up at your front door, I'm talking about sickness, I'm talking about mental issues, I'm talking about fear, I'm talking about financial instability, whatever it is, you speak to it, because you have authority over it. Hey, it's like, you know, like, when I was growing up, and like, I would, like you maybe get into a little altercation, and then if I lost, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, uh-uh, you wasn't raised like that. You don't lose. You better go back. <laughs> He's like, you gonna make me fight? They didn't make me fight. Because I don't know if they get in trouble for that. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but what I'm saying is, you wasn't raised like that. You, you don't let Satan punk you around, because he a punk. And you don't let him punk you. You better stand in your authority and you claim what Jesus has already done. That's the amazing part. You ain't even got no work to do but just say, hey, you know what my daddy did? You, you, you know? I'm saying, you know, I really love my daddy because he spoiled me. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. It's, I'm his responsibility till my husband come. Hmm? I told him. I call him every day. I'm like, you know, it's me and you. Until you better ask him, you better pray harder. Huh? Because <laughs> this your bill. It's your bill. <laughs> I got this thing, and I just be like, I call him like, so. He already knows what that means. <laughs> you too. You're spoiled too. Because you didn't deserve it. He sent his son to take on all your raggediness. Even the raggediness you're going to do tomorrow. Jesus covered it. And then he said, I got authority over everything. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you the authority too. He's telling the disciples, I got to go. Y'all are missing the point. I didn't die and then come back to life to kick it with y'all. It's only 12 of y'all. I came for the world. How, how does the world get me if I'm just looking in y'all face? You know what I'm saying? The disciples walked with Jesus the entire time. Jesus did the miracles. Jesus talked to the Father. And Jesus is saying, if I don't go, you don't ever get to do what I did and even bigger. Because you'll still be doing it off the heels of me. Then we get to Acts. They wait. The Lord pours out his spirit. Instantly, they just start preaching the gospel. What they didn't understand in the moment, they walked with Jesus and they still didn't get it. Lord, help them. They get to a place and the moment the spirit comes, they understand it all and they communicate it all and thousands come to Jesus. He gave us a commandment that says, therefore, go. We quote that all the time, but there's a verse right before it that says, I have authority in the heaven and the earth. Now, therefore, go. 
It is his authority that empowers us to therefore go. You've been sitting in things. You've been dealing with things that God never intended for you to deal with. But you got to stand up and take authority over all things. This is where it starts. In fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus went to heaven, we get to now be in fellowship with our Father, God. He restored the relationship. He gave us access. How dare we have a gift and not use it? Well, why we just want to be here existing when we could live life in abundance on earth, not just in heaven, on earth. We see when Jesus gets baptized, it's his announcement that he's the son of God. And the Holy Spirit descends like a dove and it rests. And from that moment forward, Jesus was empowered to walk out a life that we're still reading about today. And he gave us the opportunity to have that same spirit reside in us and rest on us. It is the anointing of God that destroys the yoke and removes the burden. Walking through life with the anointing is next level. Things you usually had to fight hard for because you recognize your authority. Satan is wreaking havoc in some of our lives because we don't recognize our authority. But I came to remind you who lives on the inside of you. I'm done. I want to pray. Sorry. So maybe some of you are sitting here and you like, I hear you, Brenda. But you're missing a step. And the first step is saying yes to Jesus. Thousands of years ago, he laid down his crown as a king and traded it for our sins. He was blameless, faultless. He never did a thing. And he loved you so much Thousands of years ago, he loved you so much that he would die a death he didn't deserve to resurrect and overcome death, hell, and the grave and then go back to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father to then give you the authority to do exactly what he did. I can't even properly communicate that kind of love. But I hope you feel it, that somebody thought you were to die for, that you are that precious, that he loves you so much, and you don't got to do a thing to earn it. All you have to do is receive it and say, Jesus, I choose to follow you.
And I want to offer you that opportunity in this moment. You say, man, I hear you. And I, I think I want to get to know a person who loved me that much. Because guess what? Even after we all say yes to Jesus, we all messed up after that. And he ain't changed his mind. He still loves us just the same. And even you. So I know you feel like you got to get it all together. You want to work some things out. Guess what? He already handled that. All he cares about is you accepting what he's done for you and choosing to follow him from this moment forward. The Bible tells us if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Once you say yes to Jesus, he forgets whatever you did prior to that moment. He don't know. I don't know. We don't know. It's gone. Just like that. If you feel like that's you in this room, all you have to do is raise your hand wherever you are. He created this moment just for you. And he loves you that much. So if you feel like, I want to say yes to Jesus, all you got to do is lift your hand up. I see you. I see you. Yeah. Yeah, I see you. More importantly, God sees you. And he ordained this moment just for you. Yeah. Now, I don't know who this is. But if you've been feeling like your life is not worth living, I want to silence that lie right now. In Jesus' name. If you have breath in your body, there's a reason for you to live. And so, Jesus, we just speak to every suicidal thought, every person in this room who's battling that or considering it. God, I pray that wherever they are sitting, you would meet them with your love that they would feel a blanket of your love right now, that they would eat this moment would even be a sign as how much you love them, that you're El Roja, you're the God who sees them. Yeah, God, we thank you. And I pray you speak to their heart right now because you sent a comforter. And that just means the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you he feels what you feel. And if you receive him, he will comfort you. Jesus' life didn't go without pain. He even understood depression. So he knows how you feel. He's not separate from that. And because of it, he said, let me give you a comforter. I'm not here, but I'll send you a part of me within you to comfort you. You're never alone, and he loves you. Last call is for the Holy Spirit. We could all use at any moment in our lives a fresh outpouring. There is a spirit that lives on the inside of us. We want to experience the spirit that rests that empowers us to carry out the mission God has given us. And so in this moment, if you feel like, man, I, I could do for a nice, fresh outpouring of the spirit, all you got to do is lift your hands, and I'm just going to pray. 
Lord, we thank you for the reminder in this moment of what it is that you've done for us. And God, I pray right now for my sisters and my brothers with their hands lifted, God, that you would give us a fresh outpouring of your spirit. God, the spirit that will remain with us as we travel and journey throughout our lives. God, we thank you that you would send us a gift to empower us to live the way that you lived. God, we thank you for your presence that is resting in this place. It's so sweet. God, may it be a sign that you are with us and that you are here with us. And we just take a moment to bask in your presence. We don't take it for granted that you would show up and visit us. So God, I thank you for every person with their hands lifted, God, that they would experience you in a deeper way. Wherever they are now, take them deeper. God, create a hunger and a desire on the inside of them for you and the things of you, God. Expand their minds to go in deeper depths of who you are. God, reveal another layer of who you are. God, you are so vast that we will die before we ever figure you out. So God, open our minds, open our hearts to receive a deeper level of you. God, in this moment, we commit to be led by your spirit because it's not by power, it's not by might, but it is by your spirit that is within us, God. So I thank you for every person whose hand is lifted. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for the spirit that will rest on us. In Jesus' name, amen.